Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Why Not Us podcast. Of course, my name is Adam Click, joined, as always, by Josh Spath. Josh, we are just a few days in counting from the coveted month of March. How excited are you? And we got some incredible conference races and games coming down the stretch. Yeah, it's it's here. It's right around the corner. After this weekend, we'll have some conference tournaments already set. We'll have the final week of conference play for the remainder. Unbelievable things are here. We've been patient. We've been waiting. We've had great action all year, and this is what we deserve. Yeah, and it's been a long road, obviously. Two years ago, March Madness getting shut down because of COVID. Last year, you had the whole tournament indie, which was still awesome, don't get me wrong. But finally, this year, it should be back with fans full everything and it's going to be awesome and it's been a crazy ride already this year but we got to talk about texas and texas is always one of those fun teams that you just don't know what you're going to get on a given night and the last two games i think are evident of that both at home in the Irwin center the last few games there and they lose to texas tech in just an incredible environment filled with fans from Lubbock. It was a low-scoring affair, as one would expect, 61-55. Andrew Jones, the only one that really came to play, and they make rally and lose. And then last night, they played TCU, and they fall asleep for the first 25 minutes, and then they get a shot of adrenaline, and then they kill them the last 15 minutes. So, Josh, what do you make of this Texas team moving forward with only three games remain. What do I make of them? I mean, (laughs) say it yourself. You you don't know what you're going to get any given night, right? So we play in Morgantown on Saturday. That's a must win. I mean, West Virginia is not a tournament team. They've been at the bottom of the Big 12 all year. They're 14 and 14. Come on, you got to win that game. But we have to close up against the top two teams in the conference hosting Baylor, and then going to Lawrence and playing Kansas. If we win one of those two games, I'll be happy. Like I said last week, we're basically solidified as the four seed unless something crazy happens. So we'll probably play Iowa State, maybe TCU, but I think they're about to collapse in the first round before we have to play the top team in the conference in semis. But looking back on those two games – the TCU game was was kind of interesting. I landed in my connection in D.C. and was very confused to see that we were down by nearly double digits in the second half. It's kind of like, guys, where are we at? And unlike the Tech game, everybody came to life. Andrew Jones, by the way, first time in his career, three straight games with 20 points or more. I don't care how old he is. If he's hitting shots, we need it. Marcus Carr. Comes back. Did you uh, note how many points he had against Texas Tech? Zero. Uh, Yes, the answer is zero. But he had a great game against TCU. It was great to see that. Six of 14. Couldn't make a three. This team in general can't make threes. One of 14 from three against TCU. It's going to cost them. I mean, they just can't. Yeah, that's going to happen in March. You know, (laughs) have fun playing whatever double-digit seed you play in the first round because they're probably going to beat you. So, I don't know. I like that we have a lot of different scoring options. Trey Mitchell, who we noted last week, doesn't seem like he's coming back to the team. So, really losing that strength at the big, but not being able to shoot the three. We're like exclusively a mid-range team that occasionally makes free throws now. 
Yeah. And obviously, as you said, without Mitchell, Bishop and Allen have had to step up, which I think they have. But the problem is we really need Disu to start stepping off off the bench. And mm-hmm. he's been a no-show all year. And he was supposed to be possibly our best player when he came off injury. Yeah. I don't know. And this team, I mean, I like the aggressiveness on defense. I think they're the best, one of the best defense teams in the country, but it's just hard because any night it just seems like against good teams, it seems like only one player can score and we're good against lower big 12 competition. We don't really lose to a lot of teams that we shouldn't except that K state loss earlier in the year, but we just have not proven that we can beat a good team all year, except that Kansas win at the Irwin Center. But when we're away from home, it just we just don't show up. Even the Tech game when it was at home, it really wasn't. There were so many Tech fans in that stadium. It was probably close to 50-50. But I just – I talked about it. I've been talking about it. You, if you can't hit a three in March Madness, you're going to lose. And they just have not done it so far this year. They're 21-8. You talked about it. If they can somehow beat Baylor or Kansas, assuming they beat West Virginia, I'm going to have some high hopes going into the tournament. If no. they go home. No, stop. Why would you have high hopes going into the tournament? If they did that, if they lose Baylor and Kansas, I'm going to have no hopes whatsoever. And, you know, I, I think they're a second-round exit. I think they're, they'll get past the first game. You think they'll win a tournament game? As of right now, I got to see who they play. But uh, very interesting. Josh Palm came out with a new projection today. And he this has morning? Texas, yeah, as a five seed playing a play-in. Who is the plan? Um, Memphis and Michigan. Oh, I would love to play Michigan. In the yeah. Round. I don't think they're very good. But put that game, Put that game in San Diego, please. Yeah, the San Diego matchups, by the way, on Palm's thing today, incredible. Um, anyway, back to Texas going into the Big 12 tournament. I'm very excited to see how this bracket's going to shape up. TCU kind of falling off a bridge. They are trending, Josh. I don't know if you've noticed. They're 10 seed now in most mock brackets. They are very scary territory if they don't start winning games. And I don't know if you've looked. Their next three games for TCU – Texas Tech, Kansas, and Kansas. Yep. I called it last week on the pod. They had to yeah. play five games in just under two weeks against really good teams. They're if they can't win one of those games, I don't think they're going to get in. No. And then they'll likely be a sixth seed in the Big 12 tournament and have to play like Baylor or Tech. Yeah. You might not win another game this year, Horn Frogs. <laughs> it's tough. It's and. Tough. Iowa State was really close to saying we don't want to make the NCAA tournament, but good for them. They found a way to beat West Virginia, who hasn't won a game, by the way, since early January. Um, and Oklahoma's, they lost Elijah Harkless, I think, so their season's over. But I really, this Texas Tech team, I think, is coming in the form. They play so aggressively and so hard, especially on the defense. Then Mark Adams has done a great job in their first year. I'm very, I think they can make a very deep run. I would be willing to say, Josh, they make a deeper run than Kansas. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not super thrilled with any Big 12 team this year with the exception of Tech. 
Kansas and Baylor have dropped some games here and there that are kind of disappointing. Yeah, I mean, Kansas has been consistent. They've only lost two games in the conference, but a lot of close games where they shouldn't really be in a close game. But their, their offensive capabilities are incredible, and Abajdi is amazing. I just – it just seems like a Kansas team, though, that might lose in, like, the round of 32 or Sweet 16. You're like, how did they lose kind of team that we've seen in the last decade or so with Kansas. Of course. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about – some of these other power conferences as we hit the almost last week of the season. Let's start in the Big Ten, which is always intriguing. Josh, you were there last night in Columbus to see a huge win because I thought Ohio State was falling off the rails. Apparently not. They go to Champaign, Illinois, and they win 86-83. to They almost choked the game, but they held on. You got four teams – or five teams now currently in the AP top 25, and they somehow the Big Ten is trending towards seven to eight bids. Yeah, uh, it might be nine. Yeah, how did that happen? Because a couple weeks ago, they were at like five or six. Teams are just picking off wins. You know, we've talked about Rutgers. They lost to Michigan last night, but I still think they're above the cut line right now with the quality of some of their wins. Michigan State, Michigan, Indiana. I think Michigan State, you're probably in, but I don't think they're a very good team. Probably going to be a high single-digit seed. Michigan and Indiana, though, we've been talking about these teams all year. They're right at the cut line. Michigan will not have Juwan Howard for the remainder of the regular season. They have, to play, they have to play at home against Illinois on Sunday. Tuesday, they host Michigan State. Thursday, they host Iowa, and then they close the season by going to Columbus next Sunday. If you win – oh, it's tough. How many of those games do you think they have to win? If you win they two gotta win – They got to win at least two. They might need three. If you win two, you're 17 and 13. Can you go to the tournament as 18 and 14, or does it have to be 19 and 14? It would be against – you know, what they've done in the past. That's Honestly, what I, think. I think it's going to be one of those teams where a bid stealer just takes it out from underneath them. Yeah, I think they would be in, and then you're going to have one or two bid stealers, and they're gone. Yeah, I think so they need to go 19-14. I think, I think they definitely need some help there. It's a tough stretch. But Indiana, they're in a good place. They play Minnesota and Rutgers their next two games before they close out at Purdue. They're 17 and 10. The record is pretty solid. They don't have too many bad losses, but going to Northwest. They don't have a lot of good wins. No, but you know what? It's the Big Ten. So you you get some lower quality teams, middle of the pack, that still get to fit in there as like an eight or a nine seed. Sure. And I mean, this Indiana team has had flashes of being pretty exciting this year. So why not, right? But I think the rest of this conference is still pretty strong. I haven't mentioned anything about the Ohio State win last night. Very exciting. Love to be in Columbus. Incredible environment. People yelling and hollering and all good things there. EJ Waddell, who's an Illinois native, former Mr. Basketball of Illinois, had to play the game. He had the flu. It was questionable going in, said, this is my game. But did he steal the show? No. Freshman Malachi Branham. From Akron, Ohio, he's been having a pretty good year, decides, you know what, I'm going to have a nice 31 burger on him. Goes 10 of 14 from the field, including a very clutch three, 10 of 11 from the free throw line. 
played great, didn't have a foul in this entire game, didn't have a turnover in this entire game. Can you play any better on a massive road game on a Thursday night? I don't think so. No, and also I think Kyle Young had the best game of his season as well off the bench. No, he was he two million threes left and right. 18, and then he also had seven boards to go along with it. Yeah, and honestly, my biggest concern of the entire game was going to be the size. Kyle Young and EJ Liddell, definitely some of the smaller guys that you'll have out there. Zed Key did not really get any minutes. And, you know, you're going against a guy in Kofi Coburn who's gigantic. And what did he Kofi three rebounds? Yeah. You want to know why? Because <laughs> he got his third foul with about, I don't know, 15 minutes left in the second half. He got his fourth foul with 12 minutes left in the second half, sat down for the next seven minutes, comes back into the game just under five, is in the game for 15 seconds before he gets called for his fifth foul. See you later. Wow, I did not realize that. That was not yeah. launched. Huge. Yet somehow down the stretch, Ohio State almost choked the game. Yeah, but they won, and it's going to help their seed um, because they were trending the wrong way in their schedule. I think they could win the next four games on their schedule which would – they could be a three or a four seed on Selection Sunday if they win all those games. That's so dangerous. I mean, I, I'm all for teams making a nice revenge year after losing in the first round, but I, I'm still not very high on this team. They've got a lot of good potential, but their defense is just – they get they're so oversized by other teams. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. I could see them losing early again. But the I really think – in this conference, even though they lost last night to Ohio State, I think the two teams that really can make a run in this conference are Purdue and Illinois. I think Iowa could surprise some people because of Keegan Murray and their offensive capabilities, but I just, I'm not high on Wisconsin. I've watched them again the other night against Minnesota. They're just not that good. I mean, they play all the right way, fundamentally sound. They play great defense. They have some guys that can score when you need them to. Johnny Davis is an All-American, but if he is not playing a good game, I don't think they can win. And he's not going to play a good game for six straight games in the tournament. And he probably won't play a good game in the first weekend if they make both games. So I just can't. I see them losing. I don't think they get to the second weekend. Yeah, honestly, I'm in the same boat. Teams that have had success against Wisconsin have locked down Johnny Davis. And yeah, I don't know. We'll see what they can do with some of their other guys. I know Brad Davison can step up from time to time, but I'm not sure he's Mr. Reliable anymore. Yeah. Let's hit one more major conference because there's too many that it would take forever. But let's hit the Pac-12. We talked about a little bit before the show. They are trending in the wrong direction. And (laughs) they're – Two of their three good, quote-unquote, good teams are not doing so hot, and Arizona seems like they're separated from the rest of the conference. They've had an incredible year. They're a very solid team. Could make the Final Four. But then you have UCLA, USC, eh. And after that, you have maybe Oregon to make the NCAA tournament. And that is it. Colorado was closing into a bid, possibly, off the bubble. But then last night, get blown out at home by Arizona State. Goodbye, season over. So, I mean, <laughs> is this conference going to have three bids on Selection Sunday, and two of them probably will lose in the first round? Yeah, I don't know. That that UCLA <laughs> team getting swept by Oregon 
I mean, this we've talked about this Oregon team a handful of times, but they are absolutely impossible to pin down. What, what does Oregon have to do to make the NCAA tournament right now? All right, let me look at the schedule. They're 18, 10, 11, 6 on most first four outlets going into today. They play USC and the Washington schools. I think they got to win all three of them. Really? If they went two and one, they I think they would have to do a little bit of work in the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, and they'll be a four seed, and they'll probably play Colorado in the first round and then probably have to play Arizona in the second, so... I think they're going to be really close. And you mentioned Michigan. Like I could see Oregon like in the field and then out of the field. If there's a bid stealer kind of scenario, they're going to be a Pac-12 bid stealer, just like last year. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but the problem is Arizona. If Arizona wasn't playing so good, I think definitely because UCLA and USC, USC who we could talk about for a second, almost lost to Oregon state who has three wins this year in college basketball, went to double overtime with them. And they're one of the premier teams in the conference. So I think Oregon's going to sweep USC. And I think they're going to lose the one of the two games in Washington. And it's uh, going to be really dicey. Who did USC's last three games? They have to go to Eugene on Saturday. Oh. And then host Arizona and then go play at their rival UCLA to finish the year. I I think they go zero three. It's a very real possibility. I think the only one of those games that I have confidence in them to win is at Oregon. Yeah. I mean, their record is really it doesn't say anything about this team because they haven't played anybody all year. Talk no. about a team that had a bad non-conference schedule, with the exception <laughs> of playing San Diego State, they didn't play anybody. Like literally, like no one. No, it was it's actually. Actually, a joke of a schedule. They're only, I'm looking at this non power or power five non conference opponent was Georgia Tech. Yeah. And Georgia Tech is one of the worst teams in the power five conference. Yeah. And problem is, you play in a conference that was supposed to be a good power five, but there's no good teams in the Pac 12. It's, at, I've never seen the Pac, Pac 12 is usually not that great in basketball, but this year it's got to be the worst I've ever seen it. I mean, yeah. there's just no teams like Stanford, Washington State. They've been close to the bubble. They're not going to get in. I mean, you're having or Arizona State's having a horrible year, but Arizona State could be that bid stealer. That they've would been be winning insane. some games. And They're below 500. Yeah, they are below 500, which makes it very interesting. <laughs> but they also have a win against UCLA, so. I don't know. We'll see. I think Arizona is just too good. They're going to run away with the conference. But other than that, I see three, four bids max on Selection Sunday, and you have one team that gets to the second weekend, which is Arizona in the Pac-12. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think, you know, I'm usually a fan of teams that are getting really beaten to shreds towards the end of the season, and I don't really have confidence in this USC team, but Props to them for scheduling a really, really hard end of their year. Yeah. You know, if they get a lot of those losses kind of quote unquote out of the way, that could pave the way. But I still think they're going to wind up being like a seven, eight seed. And, you know, good luck making the second weekend. You're going to have to be one of the top teams in the country to do so. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So 
with that, let's move on to some games that have happened this, some big games that have happened this week and kind of our thoughts through the games we can talk about earlier in the week on, let's see, let's Saturday. Well, okay, this past Saturday, yeah. Florida beats yeah. Auburn. Yes, Florida, another very interesting team. So they win 63-62. They held on at the end. Jabari Smith had a great game. But for Florida, Appleby went absolutely crazy. The senior, 26 points. Castleton had a great game as well. They get a much-needed quad one win against a very good team in Auburn. Is it enough, Josh, to put Florida into the tournament? What do they have to do their last few games? Well, they play at Georgia and then at Vandy. They All, I think both out. must wins. Both are must wins, and then they close out at home against Kentucky. I think you win all three, you're a lock. I think you win the first two and lose to Kentucky. You know, you're at 19 and 12. You've got that very high-quality win. They don't have any glaring losses. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Very, very bad loss. <laughs> yeah. To Texas Southern. Yeah. Is that a quad four loss? Yeah, yes, and that quad four loss was a blowout as well. Yeah, so, huh, this is an interesting <laughs> one for the committee. I personally think you probably have to go, let's say they win two of their last three. I say you have to win two SEC tournament games. Yeah, I agree, and I don't think they will. Mm, I don't think it's impossible. If you look at the, no, state not of the SEC, you're going to get a cupcake because they're going to be – they'll be the eight seed, so they'll probably play like Mississippi State, LSU, or Texas A&M in that 8-9 game, and then they'll have yeah. to play Auburn or Kentucky. If you win – honestly, here's what I'll say. If they beat Kentucky or they beat a high-quality team in the SEC tournament, they're definitely in. Otherwise, they're right on the cut line. Yeah, and there's going to be a ton of teams in power conferences on the cut line. I don't know if all of them can get in, but it was a huge win for Florida. I think a win that they needed to have. Auburn, I think, is fine, but there's I just I've said it a couple times. I don't know. Something's just like off. I just don't have faith in them making a huge run. Not to say they can't and will, but I don't know. Um, how about this Arkansas team? They played Tennessee. They win. 58 to 48. They've been kind of on a tear as of late. They've won four in a row and they've won. I can't even do the math a bunch out of, they've lost like one game in the last over a month. They've won 12 of their last 13. Yeah. What do we, I think this is a team that's very scary and I think could make a run as like kind of a high, like five seed to like the final four kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And they just beat that Florida team earlier this week. J.D. Note has really been stepping up this year after Moses Moody and Justin Smith left the team. Stanley Amude is low-key one of the better defending guards in the country right now. I like a lot of stuff that's going on with this team. As you mentioned, they've been super hot. They do have to play Kentucky and then at Tennessee as two of their last three games. So that'll be tough. No question this team is making the tournament. I could see them as a five or a six seed, though. That could really do some damage if they continue to be hot, maybe closer to that four line. Yeah, I completely agree. Let's hit another game that was of massive importance on Tuesday. UConn and Nova. What, what a, a game, game that was. 
What a um, game. Yeah, and that game really helped Providence in their quest to win the Big East for the first time ever. Uh, but back to UConn, down four with 20 seconds, whatever it was, and they come back and win against Villanova of all teams, 71-69. UConn's trending high towards a four-seed line on Selection Sunday, a very scary team. What are your thoughts on both of these teams? Yeah, I'm not worried about Villanova at all. Personally, they're a team that I think could make it all the way to the Final Four. They're so deep. They still have some of their core guys in Jermaine Samuels and Colin Gillespie who are just such good fundamental basketball players, exactly what Jay Wright is looking to develop at Villanova. But this UConn team, oh, my God, they just they have that why not us will the fight that we talk about during this time of year. And the end of this game was – the entirety of this game was incredible, but the ending was just – exhilarating you've got a poly three that goes in to make it a one-point game and then immediately on the other end Villanova gets caught up in a tie-up UConn ball Mm -hmm. RJ Cole says this is my time gets a nice little tip in roll with about five seconds left UConn has to get right back on defense Villanova sprints down the floor. Guess who's on the other end? R.J. Cole takes a charge. Game over. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, that's just to play it so well on both ends, down the stretch, huge game. Everybody was riled up in this game, including their coach who got ejected early in the game. And it's just, you know, you have to go out there and you have to win games like this. And even if they didn't have Dan Hurley on the sideline, Adam Sinogo has been one of the best big men in the country this year. And I think he's going to be a dominant threat. Both of these teams are just very well-rounded, and I, I hope they play each other in the Big East tournament. Yeah, that would be very cool. I think Big East tournament will be a lot of fun, as it always is, in Madison Square Garden. Any other games, Josh, that caught your eye uh, this week? Yeah, you want to touch on – the uh, the Belmont Murray State game, or do you want to? Yeah, no, no, I can touch on it. It's it's tough, you know, close to my heart. Um, Murray State survived UT Martin on Saturday, almost lost to. It's not a good team. And then on Thursday, yesterday, they played Belmont, probably the biggest game of the year. The last regular season matchup between Ohio Valley teams and Belmont Murray State, which is an incredible under the radar rivalry. And Murray State for the second time this year absolutely thrashed. Belmont and it was never close and you would it, the spread was only three points you thought Belmont was playing for their at-large season which they were but it was still kind of a hard long shot for Belmont anyway but KJ Williams 30 and 5 he's been on an absolute tear and then you have Tevin Brown who's setting the three-point record at Murray State he had 15 and 8 this team is so scary they're so athletic they can get rebounds they can just swallow you up on – no, no. everyone talks about some of their offense, but their defense is really, really good. They've been holding teams to under 60 points on a consistent basis. I mean, their defense has been incredible. They've lost two games all year. They have that great Memphis win that is actually doing what them wonders right now on the road. And they have that one questionable loss really, really early to ETSU. And then the other loss is only to Auburn on the road. So, you know, I've been looking at a lot of mock brackets, Josh, 
they're in like the seven, eight seed range. And if they, Matt Norlander on CBS said, if they win out, they would be a six seed on selection Sunday. Very scary team. But at the same time, I want to reiterate Belmont and Morehead State are very capable of still winning the OVC tournament and stealing a bit. Easily yeah, could happen. That would be best case scenario for you. Yeah. I think, you know, they've won 17 straight games. They're dominating. Do you really want to be a one or a two seed that has to go up against them in the second round? No. No. You do not. Playing with just enormous confidence right now. They yeah. remind me of a, like a, what Loyola did last year. Exactly. Yeah. And just absolutely destroy Illinois in the second round. Yeah, I mean, I love this Murray State team, but it's just like, it just makes sense. They're dominating. They keep winning. They haven't lost a conference game which all year, which is incredible. And then they get to the OVC tournament, and what do they do? They lose. That's how it goes. But yeah. I'm usually a fan of teams that don't win their conference tournaments. So, we'll No, see. I know. Well, we will see. But that was a huge win for them, and we'll see what happens in the OVC, which is always very entertaining. So speaking of... OVC and mid-majors. Let's touch on, we got to go back. It's always a mid-major topic of choice. The A-10 is making a push, Josh. I don't know if you've noticed, but there are some teams that are making a push. VCU, Dayton, and St. Bonaventure. They're trending on the bubble. They're not in on the cut line right now, but they are on a lot of first four outs, next four outs. And then you have Davidson that is not in yet. They got to win their next two games. And then I think if they win their next two games, they're in a good spot. What do you think of this A-10 and going in the A-10 tournament? It's like a team that I've we've been talking about that's just red hot is Dayton. No one wants to play them. Yeah, and they've looked really good. Yeah, VCU is pretty hot too. They've won six straight. I yeah. think this conference is wide open come a couple weeks from now. This tournament is always really exciting. It's a gigantic conference. You got games left and right. I don't know. I honestly start looking at towards the middle of the top of the pack. So St. Bonaventure, St. Louis, Richmond, any of those three teams, I could see upsetting some of the top three, making a bit of a push from the semifinals to the finals. It's, it's pretty crazy. Davidson, I would be shocked if they can continue to hold together this hot. I think, you know, yeah. that's just how these conferences work. You have a great regular season. I'm not sure you win the conference tournament, but what does this Davidson team have to do to still get in that large bid, in your opinion? They got to win the next two games, must wins. They can afford a loss at Dayton because it's a quad could be a quad one loss, honestly, by the time they play them. Um, and then they got to – I don't exactly know the bracket layout in the A-10. Like, would they play – they would play like an eight seed in the quarterfinals, yeah. so they got to win that game. And then if they played like a VCU or a St. Bonaventure, I think they could still afford another loss. So the, they just can't lose – I think they just can't lose to a team that's not VCU, Dayton, or St. Bonaventure, and I think they get it, in my opinion. But yeah. it would be they would go to they would go to Dayton, Ohio, for sure, as a first four. Yeah, that would be fun to have a different A ten team in Dayton. Yeah, and Dayton. it's happened before. Dayton has played in Dayton for the first four. 
and they've won and they have an incredible crowd. I think that honestly, the way they've been playing, I really think they can make a push here. And you look at the schedule, if they could somehow beat Richmond on the road, which is always super hard to do. And then they beat Davidson at home and you go to the A-10 tournament riding whatever win streak that they're on, they would be 23 and eight. And if they made a run, you know, make it the semis or the finals, I don't know. It's hard leaving them out considering they also beat Kansas and Miami. They did. I mean, I mean, they had those horrible losses. Don't get me wrong, but we've talked about this team all year round and the, just the ridiculousness of their schedule. Yeah, but also like just how cool would it be, Dane in Dane, Ohio? Like the energy and the crowd would be incredible, and maybe even I don't think they're allowed to play Davidson in that first four, but that would be really fun. Yeah, fun I, I don't think it's in the cards for them to go to Dayton just because I think likely the only way they get in is if they win the conference. Yeah. And I think as of right now, if I had to pick who's winning the eighth tournament, I would pick Dave. Talk about a team you do not want to play in the first round. No, I think also they're super young. They're going to be incredible next year, I think. And they've just gotten better throughout the year as they've grown up. But very excited. I think there's about six teams that can win this tournament from Richmond up. Yep. And um, it should be a fantastic tournament. I think it's in Barclays in Brooklyn. So very exciting there. Let's hit another mid-major conference. Let's see. I mean, we can talk about one that's happening next week. Let's talk about the Valley a little bit. Arch Madness. Um, It's happening on Wednesday, I think it starts. That's in a few days, five days away. And we have a NIT berth on the line tomorrow night. Northern Iowa and Loyola, Chicago. Loyola, Chicago has decided to try to not make the tournament, and they can do so by losing tomorrow and losing the Valley bid to the NIT, which they would get in that large to the NIT anyway, but it's for the conference title, and that's always very fun and exciting, and there's a bunch of other teams as well, Missouri State, Drake, Bradley, even now SIU that's been playing really well. They can win this Arch Madness tournament. What are your thoughts going in to Arch Madness and this regular season finale? I just want to note real quick, you know that Loyola beat Evansville by 51 on Wednesday? They did. Uh, Evansville, tough They're awful. They're horrible. Yeah. They're terrible. But, you know, at least good that Loyola went out and destroyed in a cupcake. Yeah, I think that this weekend's going to be crazy. Loyola and Northern Iowa battling out for that top seed. Missouri State's got a cupcake against Evansville. Drake has to play Southern Illinois, a little battle of the Spaith parents action on the final game of the regular season. And then Bradley plays Valparaiso. We talk about this every year. Any team can win this conference tournament. Any team. Especially this year. So here's my question to you, Adam. Let's say Loyola beats Northern Iowa. Okay, yeah, I don't think they will. I don't think they will, but Let's yeah. say they do. What does this Loyola team have to do to still get Nat Lowe's bid? Okay, so if they beat Northern Iowa, they would be the one seed, so they would play Drake or Missouri State in the second round. In the second round, okay. Honestly, I think if they beat Northern Iowa, they can afford to lose in that semifinals. Really? Mm-hmm. So and they would also they be, lose as long as they don't lose to the eight or nine. But 
if they lose on Saturday, I think they would have to make the finals to get an at-large. You think they can afford two losses and still make an at-large? Eight because I know it's it's a lot. And you know, as a other, you know, if they're not named Lyle with Chicago, I don't think so. But I'm telling you, the brand name matters to the committee. And they, I mean, it's just, I've seen it over and over and we've, you know, it's because of their recent success in the tournament that they would put that, they would send them to Dayton, Ohio, and they would put them in. They would have them play like a power five that gets in to Dayton, Ohio. I, we see it all the time. I think they would just have enough because Josh was the committee loves computer numbers and metrics and Ken Palm and all those stats and Loyola somehow, some way has just incredible numbers across the board i mean if you look at their models they're like in the top 30 in the country in basically every single category so it's hard to say because if those losses occurred they would only be quad two losses not quad three so i think they can get it i i i just don't think in my opinion i think they lose saturday and they lose in the semifinals and i think Northern Iowa wins the Missouri Valley and also would be kind of a scary team to play in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely right. The committee does want them to be there. If you look at the resume, it's honestly one of the best resumes of any team in the country. They don't really have any bad losses. If you want to say that home loss to Drake is a bad loss, but Drake's a good team. So they've got wins left and right against power five teams. They only lost to Michigan state by two Arizona state. They won at, they won at DePaul. They won at Vanderbilt. They won at San Francisco. Like they've got a lot of good wins. They played a really tough non-conference schedule. It's just that they've dropped them. The problem is they haven't been like, they haven't been top teams in the Valley. No. And that's the problem where I don't, I don't like their direction. They've lost almost every single game against the top four teams in this yeah. conference. The which exception is a of winning at Missouri State, but they also lost at home to Missouri State, so yeah. that kind of cancels out. Yeah, exactly. I, I honestly think that they've got a decent chance at Northern Iowa. You know, they've been pretty hot this year being Northern Iowa, so we'll see. But I, I think that there is a better chance that Loyola wins the regular season than the conference tournament. Yeah, I agree. I think there there's a possibility for a two-bit valley because I don't think they're winning the conference tournament. Yeah. I would I, would I make, hope they win on Saturday because I want the two-bit valley. No, I know. I agree. I would I would love that. Okay. Two Let's bids hit. out of both valleys. Make it happen. Please. I'm begging. Okay. Let's hit lastly the WCC because this tournament's going to happen next week as well. And there are two teams that are literally right on the border cut line right now of making the NCAA tournament. Okay. It's safe to say now with St. Mary's winning last night against at USD, we can use the L word. They are a lock to make the NCAA tournament, which for men majors, that is very rare, especially before the conference tournament. So Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and I think Murray state now and Colorado state. Those four mid-majors are locks, in my opinion, to make the NCAA tournament. Congrats to the four of them. But back to this. San Francisco and BYU. And how the bracket is shaping up, 
they could play each other in a win-or-go-home game, in my opinion, which would be something to see. And I would be rooting all in for San Francisco. Josh, what do you, assuming, let's hope, San Francisco and BYU both win their series finales on Saturday. San Francisco, a little more challenging of a game. Do you think that if they play each other in the conference tournament, it's a win-or-go-home game? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Old Faithful of today's conversation, which is I think that puts you right where you need to be, but you're in the bid stealer zone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's going to be something that we monitor for a lot of next week and the following week. But, I, I, you know, you really needed more. BYU, I've said all year, I think they've got enough of a non-conference schedule to carry them a little bit more. I think in most brackets – They've got BYU over San Francisco right now. It's it's kind of just tough because they had that bad stretch of losses. But San Francisco is going to come back to bite them every single time. That home loss to Portland. Who's now they've been playing some good basketball, but I agree. It's still an awful loss. Sure. It's just, you know, it's not something that you want to have when it comes to committee time. And wins against Davidson, yeah. wins against potentially a tournament team in UAB and Towson as well. Um, road win at Arizona State. They played some decent other non-conference teams they lost to, like Grand Canyon and Loyola. I, I don't know. I think it's – I got to pull up what the West Coast bracket looks like because isn't it usually really weird? Yeah, there's double, triple buys in this conference. But I think – I don't know. I think they would be slated to play each other because Santa Clara, I think, is going to get the three seed in the WCC, which would make the four or five games San Francisco and BYU. Yeah, but – oh, you're right. Yeah, it'll be four or five winner plays Gonzaga and three six winner plays St. Mary. All these different yeah. buys and stuff. Gonzaga and St. Mary's are bidded all the way up to the semifinals. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, but then you got Santa Clara. I guess, San, yeah, Santa Clara, all three of them, assuming all three win this final weekend, then, then yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Although, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Santa Clara loses to Portland. Things shift up a little bit. And then you've got San Francisco at the three, BYU at the four, Santa Clara at the five. I think that would be best-case scenario for those teams. I think – if, if either San Francisco or BYU, especially if they play each other, if they then can make it to the finals by beating likely St. Mary's, not Gonzaga, that's when you're into a lot more of consideration because you've got a lot of wins under your belt, especially then a really, really big win. I think if that was the case for either BYU or San Francisco, if they beat St. Mary's as well and made the WCC finals, they would be in, even with the Steelers. Do you think that's, that's going to happen? No. No. Somehow, some way, St. Mary's just continues to beat every team in the conference except Gonzaga. They have been incredible. They refuse to lose. The only team that they can lose to is Santa Clara. And sadly, I don't think Santa Clara is going to get that large bid, even though they've really come on the end of the year. And I think they're a very solid team, but they're going to be in the NIT. I really don't think the St. Mary's team is anything impressive, though. Like I don't know. It's it's the problem is I'm basing my opinions when I actually saw a bunch of these teams in Las Vegas, wow. and all of them looked horrible, just awful. Every single one of them, except Houston, even though Houston lost to Wisconsin. So 
I don't know. Well, it's the just, end of the year. Teams evolve, but no, I know it's just the way St. Mary's plays. It's like it's not going to work in the tournament. Maybe you can win a game, but you're not going on a run. They play too slow. They're not athletic. There's no way. Hold on, I'm looking up what their record is all time in the NCAA tournament because I can't imagine that they've won no ton of games. Bear with me here. But yeah, well, yeah, I can. 2019, they lost to Villanova in the first round. 2017, they won a game against VCU. 2013, they beat Middle Tennessee in the first round. 2012, they, the last time that they made it, the only time in the entire history of their, I guess not the entire history. The last time that they made the second weekend was 2010. Otherwise, they've not done yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they're in for a long stay, but credit to them, they've had a great year, and I didn't expect them to get second place in the WCC this year, so props to St. Mary's. But I think, Josh, at the end of the day, on Selection Sunday, you're going to hear three bids out of the WCC. Really? Who's going to be the third one? BYU. Yeah, I could see it. I think they're going to beat San Francisco, and they're going to get the – they also have the name recognition. They're going to get in if they beat San Francisco, and I think they will. Yeah, and like I've said all year, they've had a good non-conference. They've had some not-so-great losses here and there, but maybe you put them in. Yeah, they had the horrible four-game losing streak in the middle of a conference highlighted by the Pacific loss, but you take that out, I mean – they would have been in if they didn't do that. So I, I really think they're in a good spot and they have a bunch of wins in the non-conference that will put them over the edge in the end of the day, if they beat San Francisco. So we'll see. Okay. So before we wrap up, we got to talk about some big games happening this weekend. Josh, when we have our show next week, there's going to be conference tournaments going on, which will be incredible. And last week of the regular season for power five leagues, so we're going to have a lot to talk about. But let's first, before we wrap up today, talk about some big games happening this weekend. Let's start with tomorrow. There's not really any big games tonight, I would say. So Kentucky and Arkansas. What Huge a game. game. Huge game. What are your impressions going in? I mean, both these teams have been playing super well. I'm very high on Kentucky, but I like the scoring that Arkansas has had. I'm curious to see what the spread is going to look like in this game, but I think Kentucky should be able to take care of business. I think personally, Kentucky is going to win the SEC tournament over Auburn. Wow. Auburn is probably going to win regular season, but I like Kentucky to, to win the conference tournament, which stinks because I don't like teams that win their conference tournament. So yeah. I can't take them very far if they do. <laughs> exactly. I actually think Arkansas is going to win on Saturday. Um, I agree with your take, though, that Kentucky wins the SEC tournament, but I just love Eric Musselman's team. The environment in Fayetteville is incredible, and they're going to be rocking on Saturday against Kentucky, the 1 o'clock CBS game. So I think they're going to come out on top. And I, as we talked about earlier, I like Arkansas to make a deep run in March Madness as well as Kentucky, but it should be a phenomenal game. And then there's another great game right after it in the SEC, Auburn and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. where Tennessee has been also amazing in their home arena. 
do you think they pull off another win against a good team in Auburn? Talk about a team that I don't have faith in, the Tennessee Volunteers. This team lost <laughs> yeah. to Texas. But they have a good computer model, and they were a number three in the bracket reveal. Yeah, but sometimes they decide that they don't really want to score points, which can be difficult, like yeah. scoring 48 at Arkansas last Saturday and scoring 51 in Austin when they played <laughs> us. So yeah. Auburn doesn't have a killer defense. This will be a home game. I, I think that – you know, they'll probably hang around. I like them to maybe cover just because Auburn doesn't really play well in these kind of road games. And frankly, I'm I'm looking to see Auburn bounce back from that tough road loss to Florida. We've talked about it all year, how much this team has struggled on the road. If you're going to be a strong team come March, then prove to me that your last four games on the road where you either won by a couple of points or lost yeah. were a fluke. Go to knoxville play well beat a tennessee team that you are better than i don't know if they'll be able to yeah i agree with you i i don't know if they're going to be able to either but if they want to prove that they're a number one number two seed top team that can win the national championship in a month or so you're going to win games like this on the road you got to a lot of teams just have not proven that they can win away from home and that's why i have so many questions going in the ncaa tournament that's why I love it so much. So we'll see if they can pull it off. But I had to predict the game. Honestly, I think both matchups in the SEC this weekend, I think both home teams win. Wow, big upsets. Yeah, we'll see. Obviously, easily could not happen. Let's talk about another incredible game on an amazing Saturday slate. Kansas and Baylor in Waco. First of all, Kansas – Absolutely pummeled them the first time they played. When when you were here, I think. Yep. In Austin. Yeah. They won 83 to 59. Not close by no. any stretch. Will Baylor get revenge? Yes. I don't wow. think this Baylor team is very good, but if there's one thing they know how to do, it's win at home. The only exception to that was against Texas Tech. I think that this Baylor team is not going to go super far, but it's still the regular season. When you get absolutely pummeled like that by a Kansas team, you got to get your ducks in a row. And yeah. frankly, I think they'll be able to. I think the fact that they got swept by Tech was pretty surprising, and I'd be pretty surprised if they got swept by the top other team in the conference as well. Yeah. I'm going to say, though, I think Kansas wins this game. Um, I don't know. I just – with the injury to Chachua, I, I'm not high on the Baylor Bears anymore, and I just – think that they're going to be a second round exit on in the tournament and you know they haven't really looked the part they got killed to texas tech they've been winning some games against lower teams in the big 12 but i don't know we're i'm we're going to learn a lot from baylor in the next three days playing at home against kansas and then going to austin to play long Longhorns. so it will prove a lot to me if they can win both those games but i I'm taking the road team this one. I'm taking Kansas. Gonzaga, St. Mary's in the nightcap. Will St. Mary's keep it close? They kind of did, actually, earlier. It was 16 points, which was the spread last time in Spokane. Any chance in Moraga? I mean, this Gonzaga team is just so tough to stop. Yeah, they're incredible. 
I, I don't really want to pick against them. And frankly, I'm not going to. I think the St. Mary's team can play good defense, but between Drew Timmy, Chet Holmgren, and Andrew Nemhard, I don't know how many teams can play defense against this one. No. So I'm going to have to go with Gonzaga here. Yeah, I agree. I think Gonzaga wins by double digits. Let's, I'm going to highlight a game, Josh, that might be off your radar on Saturday, but we should talk about it just for a second. Bryant and Wagner for the NEC title. Oh, that's on my radar. That's on ESPN okay. 3, my friend. Okay, there we go. What do we think going into this game? Then another NIT berth on the line, another conference title on the line in the last game of the regular season. Wagner losing last night in overtime to FDU, who had three wins. Uh, incredible. So now huge for Bryant. And by the way, Josh, there's a guy on Bryant named Peter Kiss, and he has scored 30-plus in six straight games. He is the leading scorer in the country, averaging 25 a game senior from New York. Team that would be very interesting if they won the conference tournament. Yeah, give me Wagner in the regular season, especially coming off that loss, but give me Bryant in the conference tournament. I love it. I'll, I'll switch it with you. Give me Bryant tomorrow, and I'll take Wagner in the conference tournament. That Wagner loss last night to Fairleigh Dickinson? Come on. Can't have. Can't have that. It's, it's late February. This yeah, is a Wagner yeah. team that a few weeks ago we were comparing to North Carolina. Yeah, I know we were. They, they've kind of fallen off the rails, but they weren't that good. They barely have any losses. But there's a lot of games that will be very exciting on Saturday. I'm looking through any more that we should talk about, but I think we're probably good. Duke-Syracuse, any chance the Orange pull up the upset? There's a chance. Syracuse, could they steal a bid? What's their record? Oh, they have 13 losses? Uh I don't. I have this because I'm trying to think, Josh. Before we end the show, what conferences do you think could be bid stealers? And I'm just of the Power Fives at least. And the ACC is just in the top of my, on the top of my list because I just can't see the Pac-12 because of Arizona. I can't see the Big East because of the top teams in that conference. I can't see the Big Ten because it's just too hard, too many buys and games. And so I'm trying to think SEC as well. And it's just coming to my mind. I think of the Power Fives, it's going to be the ACC. Yeah, could be a nice little Syracuse run. Yeah, it could be it's a lot of different crazier things. And Wake Forest, I don't know if they would call them bit stealers. They're now off the in the not in the field with that loss to Clemson. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But a lot of fun games. A lot of teams ending their seasons this weekend. We will have a ton of brackets come Sunday night and throughout the day tomorrow as well. Any final thoughts, Josh? And we'll hopefully have another show early next week so we can preview some of these conference tournaments. A lot of huge games, a lot of brackets getting set this weekend. Tons of fun action. Be glued to your couch all of next week because you will have plenty to watch. Yeah, it will be incredible. Enjoy the madness. It is almost here when we are coming to you next time. It will be the coveted month of March, everyone's dream, at least for me. For Josh, for myself, Adam, thank you so much for listening to Why Not Us, and we will see you next time for more hoops.